guy does his interpretation of the first of, of the, the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first one is he walks across the room. <laughs> Second one is he walks across the room, kind of trips halfway and keeps going. <laughs> Third one is he walks across the room, takes a ring off and drops it in a fire. <laughs> I'm not like I'm not saying they're not a Deus Ex Machina. Uh-huh. They are. Uh-huh. But that's on purpose. See if you'd understand the nuance of the situation. Like they exist as a Deus Ex Machina so that you can have a Deus Ex Machina. I keep going. I'm excited. Like Tolkien didn't put the Eagles in there because he thought he needed them and then he didn't like so that he could go, oh shoot, I guess I just should have used those. Like, he wanted a deus ex machina so that there could be a deus ex machina, so he invented the eagles to be that. <laughs> like, the story's better by having a deus ex machina. <laughs> also, the eagles are not subject to just the will of anybody. They don't, they're they're neutral parties. So why did the hobbit have to carry the ring? Uh, because no one else was capable. Okay. Including the eagles? True. The, the eagles would have been indifferent. Okay. But truly, no one else was capable of carrying the ring other than a hobbit. Yeah, but someone was capable of carrying that hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> Only when he didn't have the ring. He was never carried uh, by an eagle with it. I don't no, think. I, no, I meant Sam. He I would... can't carry the ring, Mr. Frodo, oh. but I can carry you. Oh, yes, he was, he was piggybacked. And then, and then they kissed a little. <laughs> okay you might have been watching another version <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't kiss a little at the end uh, I, feel like, I feel like that was there I'll admit they probably should have <laughs> <laughs> Tolkien lived in a world where male friendship and bonding was uh, not seen with the understanding of homosexual relationships i sure would have been fine if i kissed a little okay i don't think you would have i don't think you you could have told him that idea and he would have been like no i don't want that to be how my story goes (laughs) i don't think he would have had a problem with it but uh i just don't think he thought about homosexuality very much no so he probably just didn't realize how uh how much in love they were how much potential there was for that to (laughs) be text instead of subtext There's a lot of accidental homosexual subtext. Yeah. <laughs> Happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Man, imagine if we were famous enough that people were, like, shipping us. I don't I don't know how I feel about that. Okay. I think it's cute, even in a hypothetical situation. No, no like, I don't know how I feel about, like, being known that much. Oh. That people well, want to write fantasy Good news is that won't life. happen. No, which is fine. Huh. That must be really weird for famous people. I'm sure it is. Well, I mean, I, I'm 90% positive that Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart only ever dated because the fans of Twilight wanted them to. In that you don't think it was an actual real thing? Like, you think they were acting it? Or do you well, think I, I mean, I think only happened because the public I think it happened because there. the public happened I, you know I can't speak to the the legitimacy of their relationship yeah and you know let them do what they want like I don't I don't have any investment there like if they're like hey maybe we should you know 
make out some and they're like cool this is fun great (laughs) i'm i'm fine with that true uh so it doesn't have to be like because the public wanted it it was a bad thing to do okay um but i i feel like that wouldn't have they would never have ended up in a relationship Mm. had they not specifically like not just been in a movie but played bella and edward in twilight right do you think oh chris pratt's already married i think is he yeah, I was going to say, do you think Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence will fall in love in real life because they were in a movie where they fell in love? No. Yeah, he's married to uh, that really funny lady. I need more to go on. I have a lot of funny ladies in my head. Uh, Anna Ferris, I think is her name. Oh, really? Yeah, Chris Pratt's married She's to really her. She's really funny. Yeah. Of course, when I go to uh, funny married women, I can't help but think of uh, Rhea Butcher and Cameron Esposito. Right. They're my go-to. Yeah funny have you listened to uh Rhea butcher's latest album i don't think i did. Well, latest and first it just dropped like a month ago it was real good i don't think i did she's, I think, she's very dry i think you told I, me to i love dry humor <laughs> it's my fave yeah i think her first joke is uh yes my name is Rhea butcher and it's true i am butcher than you are <laughs> oh that's right because she like she's pretty butch isn't oh she's she? super butch she actually said on uh, Twitter recently that she is uh, bi-gendered. Oh. Uh, or she considers herself agender or bi-gender. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't either. And that's her real name? I think so, yeah. That's perfect. I think I think she does a number of bits, like jokes about how that's her real name. Because <laughs> people ask her, is that your real name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, like, I really like when people have really good names for like who yeah. they are or what they do. Yeah. We should go back to that. You know how like... Like Most Smiths were Smiths. Yeah. And, yeah. <clears throat> like your Western last names were, used to, were your occupation. Yeah. Should be back to that. Kevin Trainer. Yeah. Or Jesse Retail. <laughs> Jesse Retail. Uh, there's a, there is, speaking of, there's a book by a gentleman named Max Berry uh, called Jennifer Government <laughs> in a dystopian universe where your uh, last name is who you work for. Hmm. And so there's like Bob AT and T. Okay, that's sad. It is. Um, I wonder if. Uh, what is what is? Can I? Are we? Do we know our, our last names on the show? I don't know. That we, I I think I said mine once and you cut it. Okay. I mean, we can. I've said do my you, last name on other podcasts. Okay. Yeah. Do you care? No. Okay. I don't either. What is Saunders? Is that I have no from idea. something? I have no idea. No. Hmm. What's your last name? Jardim. That's right. I knew that. You're related to uh, Javier, right? Who? Javier Bardem. Oh. That was because it starts with a J. I don't know where that was. <laughs> Didn't work. Did not work, that joke. I wish I was. He's cool. He's pretty cool. Um, Jardim uh, is the romance language word for garden. Oh, that's yeah. kind of cool. There's a, one of them in each of the romance languages. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I have um, the shame of the white dude, which is that I have no idea about my heritage. Yeah, you're just a bunch of white. I yeah, I mean, I I feel like there's some German. Mm-hmm. I like I feel like I knew that at one point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really don't have any concept of my heritage past like my grandparents. Interesting. And they were all born in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> um, my. My fa- my dad is Portuguese, mm-hmm. born in Portugal, mm-hmm. and his family is Portuguese as far back as anybody yeah. knows. Um, 
and then my mom is white yeah i think they're scottish hmm? various yeah kinds of british isles stuff yeah i kind of want to sometimes want to do that like genetic test where you spit in a cup and they tell you like where your genetics comes from yeah i think it'd be kind of cool are those real yeah 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 seems like a thing you could easily fake well i'm sure you could but there are real ones okay um, um, I mean, Twenty Three and Me got like in super trouble from the government for like predicting that you might be unhealthy in certain ways. Oh, because you can't really like say that unless you can be sure. Yeah, you can't be like, "Hey, your genes tell you that you might get cancer." Mm-hmm. That's yeah. They got in a lot of trouble with the FDA because of that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, hmm. Yeah, generic white. Yeah. I feel bad that I don't know like more. Like that's that's the benefit of being white is I don't have to. Mm, true. Like I don't have to know where I came from. But what would you do with that information? Would you be like proud of some kind Not of heritage or no. Yeah, I don't like my my dad is I guess proud of his Portuguese heritage. Mm-hmm. Like that's important to him. Yeah. But I don't I guess I I don't know. Can I be Star Trek? Is that is that a as your heritage? heritage? Is that yeah? I grew up watching it. Speaking of music, yeah. Did you listen to the Hamilton mixtape? Most of it. I haven't finished it. I I have trouble. I have not. I've listened to it at work, but I have difficulty listening to things at work if I'm working on things because you can't focus on I it. I can't focus on it. Uh, so like I had to sit. Like I had to listen to Hamilton two or three times like in my car independent of anything else to really start getting it yeah um and so like i that's hard because hamilton's long (laughs) it is Um, i did it in chunks yeah Um, although uh driving back from dallas not for thanksgiving but the last time we drove back from dallas we listened to the entire thing on the way back all three or so hours of it Mm. Um, and so i've listened to parts of it and i've picked out like i've listened to satisfied a few times uh immigrants we get the job done Mm -hmm. um in my shot I was listening to back when it was just the only track available. Yeah. Um, I love Satisfied because it's got Queen Latifah on it and she's my favorite. <laughs> so, 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 so this is what it feels like to match wits with someone that you level. What the hell is the catch? So I've listened to parts of it. I listened to, um, what's his name, Butcher the One Song and then said no more, Jimmy Fallon. I was like, oh, that exists that's, for some reason. That's That's the thing I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I've listened to it once. Um, so I, I listened through the mixtape once. Yeah. Um, uh, most of it's pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. Hamil- the Hamilton, I like the Hamilton musical, like the music I think yeah. is good, but the story doesn't like, never got me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't feel the like. Story's, the story is not the strongest part of that musical. Yeah. But like, I don't, I don't feel like emotions and stuff mm-hmm. when i listen to the music of yeah. it but i listened to the mixtape and i was like oh yeah there's a lot of this is really good yeah uh and then that fucking jimmy fallon song <laughs> and like i will admit i am biased against jimmy fallon uh-huh. uh, and i know that doesn't help my perception of the one song he's in <laughs> the mixtape but the what what's the name of the song? You'll be back. You'll you'll be back. In the music in the Hamilton musical, that's a great song. Mm-hmm. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. The guy who sings it does a great job. Mm-hmm. And then Jimmy Fallon 
thinks it's funny. He thinks it's funny to be bad at stuff. <laughs> like this is the distinction we were talking about with good movies and bad movies. Right. Movies that are bad on purpose are not good. Right. Right. And he's he's bad on purpose, but because he can't be good at it. <laughs> like Jimmy Fallon's not really good at anything. Mm-hmm. The only I guess the only thing he's good at is not feeling shame. <laughs> Not not in like a psychopath way, but in a like he can do anything in front of a camera or on a microphone and not like feel bad that he's being bad at it. I hated that song. I hated it so much because it's a great song in the actual musical. And then fucking Jimmy Fallon. He just made it bad. Right. Like he's not he doesn't have a he tried to do a British accent. Yeah, that was weird. And he doesn't have a good one. No. So he just embraces having a bad one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I hated it. It ruined it. It really ruined it for me. <laughs> and I don't want to listen to the mixtape again. There's a lot of good songs on there. There are. Chance Chance the Rapper, who I love mm-hmm. dearly, has a great song on yeah, there. Yeah, he does. He does uh, a reprise of something. Sure. There's a song on there twice, and he does the, he does a different version of it. Um. But it, like this, this made me think of how much I dislike Jimmy Fallon overall. <laughs> that was the result of the Hamilton mixtape. Yeah, it just that's and it's been I've been thinking about it. Yeah, he's. And I think he was well used on SNL mm-hmm. because not feeling shame about how bad you're doing on SNL is a strength on <laughs> SNL, right? Like committing to a bit. Yeah makes the bit funnier on okay. SNL. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes. And, Sometimes. And like, I know it's taboo and you're not supposed to do it, but for the viewer, when someone on NS- on SNL breaks, it's hilarious. Yeah. So it's enjoyable in that sense to do it, mm-hmm. to, to watch him on SNL. Yeah. And then after that, he just gets to be bad. Yeah, he's failed upwards. At everything else he does and people think it's entertaining. Can I tell you a Jimmy Fallon thing I like? Just Please. to share. I like it when he plays songs with the roots on children's instruments. <laughs> but do you, but what's Jimmy Fallon adding to that? Very little. Right? Like, I think you just like the roots playing songs on children's instruments. Yeah, I do. I like that. And he's just making, he, Jimmy Fallon's there to make it possible. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand, like, good on the roots. Like, they've got a steady gig. They're probably making tons of bank from this. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how you get Jimmy Fallon and the Roots like in the same location, and yeah. like they're the Roots, and they're the house band on the Tonight Show, right? Like they're the Roots, right? Yeah, like how did <laughs> how did they get paired up with Jimmy Fallon, the goofy weird guy from SNL? <laughs> I just I don't know. I don't know. Like I got, I mean, Questlove's still doing his thing. Like he's still making music independently. I'm, I'm sure that all of them are, mm-hmm. um, and doing lots of things. And I think being on the Tonight Show is helping them be able to be successful elsewhere. Yeah, like lots of people know who the Roots are. Yeah, now who didn't before because they're on, they're on the Tonight Show. Like, I don't know hip hop, and I knew who the Roots were. <laughs> right, because they're the like they're, they're the Roots. Yeah, they're a culturally significant. Yeah, group. they're like Wu Tang or. Yeah. NWA, like they're important. Yeah, like you know who they are even if you don't yeah. know about hip hop. Yeah. You know what music I did like 
Yeah. Uh, you know Childish Gambino? I do. His new album came out a couple days ago. Oh, really? Um, which is not, uh, it's not hip hop. It's like a really. It's like a soul. That's interesting. Funkish album, hmm. and it's it's incredible. I've really, I really need to see his new show. Atlanta? Yeah. Uh, I just recently watched the first couple episodes of it. Yeah. Good. And it's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, a, it's a very bizarre mixture of hilarious and really dark. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's what his comedy was like. Yeah. But like, like you, if you ever see him do stand up, there was some real dark stuff in there. Yeah. But like, you, you see some like breaking bad level, yeah. like <laughs> horrible dark stuff happen on screen. And then some of it's just like goofy comedy. Mm-hmm. So it's a weird that's mixture. But it's good. Yeah, I've I've never particularly enjoyed Childish Gambino's music. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Like I like him as a comedian. I loved him on Community. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed some of his stand-up, not all of it, but a, a significant amount of it. Um, but I never particularly liked his hip hop. Yeah, I I think he's good at it. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't I didn't really like lis- listening to it that much. Yeah. That's but awesome. New album's pretty good though. Makes a good soul album. Yeah, good. good I job. like. I really like it. I can't stop listening to it. Awesome. Yeah, you should check it out. I will. Um, yeah, he's one of those like impossibly talented people. Mm-hmm. Like, if I don't know how he does everything he does. Right, and I mean, he he probably w- works really hard. Yes, and <laughs> you know, puts in a lot of effort to become very talented at yeah. what he does. But the first thing I knew that he did was. Uh, right on 30 rock yeah or did he write snl too i don't know if he did SNL. i think he started with 30 rock. yeah like he wrote on 30 rock well, he did he had um derek was oh his yeah comedy derek team. comedy i guess that's how he got started um on like youtube yeah which had some really funny good mm-hmm. stuff and then like his first jobby job was yeah it was a writer on 30 rock. was 30 rock which is one of my favorite comedies yes and whatever he contributed <laughs> to that i'm sure i loved and then he became he was Troy on Community. Yeah, he became an a-, a really good actor and yeah. then a at least good like rapper. Uh-huh. And then great soul album. Yeah. Like what the heck is he going to do next? <laughs> yeah, I got mad when he left Community, but I'm also I can't be real mad at him cuz he's making really good stuff. So it's like, oh, well. Yeah, like he good on <laughs> was too talented for Community. <laughs> like Community he was really good at, but he was just he was he was not creatively involved in that at all. He was just acting. Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if he butted heads with Dan Harmon because I feel like everybody butts heads with Dan Harmon. Like Dan Harmon's kind of an asshole. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's Dan Harmon's fault. <laughs> the Dan yeah. Harmon Chevy Chase stuff is Chevy Chase's fault, probably. I think it's also Dan Harmon's fault. Like Chevy Chase is also an asshole. Right. But you well, got to respect Chevy Chase to a certain extent. I get that, but like Chevy Chase's. Dan Harmon's an asshole, but Chevy Chase is probably a bad person. Like a legendary bad person. But I mean everybody hates Chevy Chase. Yeah. But like I wouldn't I wouldn't take Chevy Chase's shit if I was the showrunner. Yeah. I don't have to put up with either of them. <laughs> I don't think I could work with Dan Harmon or Chevy Chase. True. Yeah. But I don't think Dan Harmon's like dropping N words. That's valid. Behind people's backs. That's valid. Yeah. I, also, Chevy Chase wasn't good on that show. I didn't like him on Community. 
I don't think they knew how to use him. And I think that's because he and Dan Harmon couldn't get, agree, get along. Uh, him tripping over stuff is re- really funny. He's really, <laughs> really good at physical comedy. Like, I, for some reason, this one specific thing sticks out in my brain. I There's a, some point in the show where he just like trips over a drum kit, I think. <laughs> yes. And it's... <laughs> And it takes them like 20 seconds. Yeah. And it's the funniest That's goddamn good. thing in the world. Well, I mean, uh, Christmas Vacation is still one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Like, that's classic Chevy Chase. Yeah. Just, oh, perfect in every scene. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, insanely yeah. talented. Yeah. And, you know, maybe racist. Probably racist. Probably racist. But what are you going to do? I mean, I guess not hire him anymore. Kick, kick him off your show. Yeah. 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 I um I used to be snobbish mm-hmm. about tea specifically. Mm-hmm. Like I had a bunch of nice loose leaf teas yeah. and they were packaged properly and I brewed them at the right temperatures for the exact right amount of times mm-hmm. and stuff. But uh just that takes too much effort now. It does. And the way I, I the way I use tea is very yeah. different. Like what I want out of a cup of tea is just to be a big hot beverage, like big hot mug of something hot that <laughs> is fine. Yeah. And makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of a, just a cheap generic black tea bag is it's fine. All I really it's need. Fine. Yeah. Uh, we have, we have loose leaf teas, like a variety of them mm-hmm. in my office. Mm-hmm. And when I'm not feeling good, like I go get like, a, uh, like I'll, we you make your own little tea bags, a little, the little mesh bag. You put your own loose leaf tea in. Uh-huh. I put way too much every time. <laughs> uh, but I'm okay because with tea, using more is better. Because mm-hmm. you can't over-extract too much tea. Right. It's not like having too much coffee for the amount. Well, even of- with too much coffee, you can – too much coffee is a better option than too little coffee. True, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they've got one that's called – oh, what is it called? I don't know what it's called, but it has crushed coffee beans in it. In the tea. In the tea. Ooh. Um, which makes a it, a it tastes really good. Yeah. Like it's a it's a it's a chai flavor, so it's got a lot of cinnamon and other other things as well. But it's also got like not ground, but crushed coffee beans. So like chunks of a bean. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you don't get a you get a little bit of more caffeine cake, a little bit of a little bit of a coffee flavor, but not doesn't taste like coffee. It tastes right. like tea. Right. Uh, but man, that's like I was I was getting a, a cold, mm-hmm. and I would drink like four cups of that a day. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've started for the last like week and a half or so. I've just had a like a the head mm-hmm. cold, so I've been bringing a mug of tea to to work every yeah. day and just in a nice like th- like mm-hmm. thermal insulated mug and stays hot for the entire day. Just <laughs> little sips there you go. to there you go. keep me alive. It's nice. Uh, Not a yeti. I'm sick of people and their yetis. <laughs> I bought an oh, insulated Jesus mug Christ. that was not a yeti specifically because it was not a yeti. Yeah. And uh, like I, I hate complaining about things or people who are really into a thing because uh-huh. it's like a really nice, yeah, air quotes, really nice version of the thing. Mm-hmm. Because I'm really into the really nice versions of things. Yeah, like my insulated mug is a is a really nice insulated mug, very specific nice version of an insulated mug. Yeah, I don't, but I guess I'm just a bad person who. Dislikes it when lots of people jump on a bandwagon. I don't think Yetis are that good. That's the other problem. I think they have some serious design flaws. Like uh, when you tip it over, all the stuff falls out. I mean, that's a problem. (laughs) I'll give you that. But also the lids aren't insulated. Right. Like that's So it's not insulated. 
Yeah. Like it's a thin plastic transparent lid. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't care how insulated your sides are. If heat escapes from the top, we've got a problem. It's like a human. All, like your heat escapes from your head. Yeah. You need a, you need to make like a beanie for your Yeti. For your Yeti. A Yeti beanie. Fuck, someone's going to do that. <laughs> Some, someone is going to make an Etsy shop. Yeah. They're going to put Yeti beanies. Like the can Yeti, I can more get behind. Uh-huh. Like I feel like that's a better because the, the metal is not a great insulator of, of – there's a better insulator, I think, than the thick plastic they're using on right. those cups. So putting it into your can, like that's putting it like in a can cozy. Like that's a fancy can koozie. Yeah. And I'm behind that. I can get behind it. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, it's not great, but it's, it's all right. Mm-hmm. But like the, the big ones or the tumblers. Right. Like just – that's a bad cup design. Mm-hmm. It is. Like I have an insulated mug, as I mentioned. And it has a very narrow top. To minimize heat escape, and the lid is insulated. Mm-hmm. Is it a spill-proof one too? Uh, yes, like it snaps shut. Yeah. Is it the? Is it a Zojiruchi? It's not. It's a Bubbo. Oh. I do have a Zojiruchi kettle. Okay. I have their electric kettle. Nice. Uh, does it do the bought. temperature presets and stuff? It does. It does. So it's got can, four presets. So you can be fancy about your tea. Yeah. I don't make tea with it as much. What I typically make with it is uh, coffee. Uh-huh. Because we do cold brew coffee. Okay. Because uh, it's lower acidity and it's better tasting also and easy. Mm-hmm. It's the easiest way to make coffee. Yeah. Um, and so we'll always have a couple of jars of cold brew and we'll just pour that up and put hot water into it if we want to make a hot cup of coffee. Nice. Yeah. So it's a really nice kettle. It also it holds three liters and it will stay hot for all day. Yeah. Like So just having regular or always ready hot water is pretty great. Yeah. Have I told you about the kettle I currently use? I, you have have i told the podcast i don't know but it makes me laugh so do it again okay so uh (laughs) i used to the the nice breville temperature setting Uh kettle electric kettle that uh that i used to have Mm -hmm. uh, i lost in the divorce so i needed to buy a new kettle so Mm -hmm. i could heat up water yeah and I, I'm not going to pay a hundred and whatever dollars it is for this nice breville one again right now so i was just went to look on amazon for something cheap and uh there's this nice attractive kettle mm-hmm. it's like an all glass looks like a your typical like diner coffee pot yeah kind of style yeah uh but it's a stovetop kettle mm-hmm. and uh, i'd seen it uh, it was recommended to me by someone i follow on the internet uh and they refer to it as the helvetica kettle okay because it has it's like etched into the glass on the side is mm-hmm. the, like the text whistling kettle okay and it is set in helvetica and it is just very simple and minimal and yeah. it, it doesn't look bad and you're the kind of font nerd who likes helvetica like not even really but, but like, a little bit <laughs> it looks like it looks yeah, it, it looks, looks nice. nice um kind of like a nice retro yeah kettle very utilitarian very effective at what it does so the link i followed from this person's blog to uh-huh. the helvetica kettle went to a monstrosity of a product <laughs> that is the same exact thing except instead of being set in helvetica it's set in Something that at least looks like Comic Sans. Uh-huh. I don't know if it actually is. Um, so it says Whistling Kettle. It says Whistling Kettle in Comic Sans on the side. Yeah. Etched into the glass. Uh-huh. And I went, okay, hold on. <laughs> I need to find something better than this. I wanted something that was still that style. I would yeah. just like it not to be in Comic Sans. <laughs> so digging around on Amazon, yeah. I finally found the one set in Helvetica. Uh-huh. And instead of costing $12 or whatever... It was like twenty five. Ooh. I was like, okay, like twenty five dollars is still acceptable for me yeah. to spend on a kettle. Yeah. And I'll like I'll pay more. Like it's not even Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my god. <laughs> like, I'll pay more, I'll wait a little bit longer, yeah. and I'll get the one that isn't ugly. Uh-huh. Like, I'm not going for a specific look. I just want yeah. something that's not ugly. Not Comic Sans. <sighs> so, I, like, I spend the more money, uh-huh. and then I order it, and then I wait a week, and then it comes, and it's set in Comic Sans. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't return it. I didn't return it because I had... Like, I had already thrown away the packaging. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't, and I had to pay return shipping. Uh, yeah, because it wasn't Prime. Because it wasn't <laughs> fulfilled by Amazon. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> like, something... Because my brain knows, like, this isn't the kettle I want forever. Uh-huh. I can say, I'll just deal with it. Yeah. Even if I, it'll be, like, three years before I end up getting another <laughs> kettle, like... I'm just dealing with it You're temporarily okay with it until I get what I actually want. Yeah. Which is that Breville one. I really like Breville Electric. Yeah. Was it uh, one that had like a heat, like a base? Mm-hmm. You put it on the base and that's what heats up? Yeah. The base has the buttons and the controls on yeah. it and you stick the kettle on and the top pops up. And I think Melanie has one of those. It's really nice. Yeah. yeah. I'm real happy with mine. Mine was, mine was uh, it's an atypical kettle because it doesn't look like a kettle because uh-huh. it's got a pour spout at the top. So, like, you push a button and it just pours directly into it. Okay. Because the whole thing holds, like, three liters of water. So, it's not something you're going to be picking up and putting down very often. Okay. Um, so, you put your cup under it and, and it, push a button. And it dispenses. And it dispenses hot water. Interesting. Um, but I'm, I'm real happy. We got it from, or it was recommended from the America's Test Kitchen Cookbook. Of course. Um, we're like, this is this is the one to get. That's like, it, it holds temperature it. at the right temperature. It holds temperature for a very long time. Like, mm-hmm. all things you want from a kettle. Right. Like, you don't want a kettle that says it's 160, but is really only 120. Like, that's not going to work for you. Yeah. And short of putting a thermometer in and checking, you're never going to know. Like an animal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, they, well, American Association did to find out which one was right. <laughs> and they really recommended this uh, Zorajuchi. I'm not saying it right, but... Zojirushi? Zojirushi, that sounds right. I feel like I might have mixed up some letters here and there, yeah. but that at least sounds like a word. You're, you're closer than I was. Yeah. Um, are there other food or drink things that you're a snob about? No. Just tea? Tea and coffee. Tea and coffee? Yeah. I mean, uh, I I like good beer, but I also drink bad beer. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I... I like fancy beers, but I will, if I'm just feeling lazy, buy a six of Lone Star yeah, and drink them and be fine. Do you still enjoy it? Or yeah. are you... Yeah. Okay. All right. It's fine. Um, yeah. I, w- I will say Natty Light is terrible. Oh, it's so bad. Natty Light is, is undrinkable. I've had uh, Keystone Light, which is not great, uh, but Coors is fine. I don't really like Bud, like Bud or Bud Light, uh, which might just be a mental thing more than anything else because uh, my grandfather drank Coors exclusively, like his entire life. Coors and and Coors Light, I believe. And that's actually because of the university you went to. He went to, uh, nope, that's not the right one. I was going to say Rose Holman, but that's not it. Colorado School of Mines, M-I-N-E-S, not... M-I-M-E-S, because I know you are going to ask. And uh, the Colorado School of Mines is in Golden, Colorado, which is also where the Coors Brewery is and has been for many, many years. 
And uh, one of arguably the best marketing that they ever did, uh, Coors did, at least in terms of my grandfather, was during finals week, they would put kegs around campus. No way. Uh-huh. Uh, of, of Coors. And so people would just bring like beakers or other vessels uh, <laughs> and fill them with beer and then drink the beer. That's awesome. Uh, and, I mean, it worked. My grandfather was a Coors drinker for, for life. Uh, rest of his life, he that's all he drank in terms of beer. Wow. Uh, which is a pretty cool story. I actually almost went to uh, that university. I forgot the name already. Colorado School of Mines. Because <laughs> uh, I, I applied there because I was like, I'm going to be an engineer. And that's where you go for engineering because my grandfather went for engineering. Is it called the School of Mines because that they have like a... Pro- mining program uh, they did yeah, yeah. That, that's that's where it comes from but comes it's just from. general engineering school yeah uh and i did not go there which i'm okay with because i didn't become an engineer either <laughs> but uh when i visited we went to the coors brewery uh, but i was not old enough to drink at the time so i didn't get any beer that's too bad i don't like the idea of a school of mimes i mean there's there are mime schools i know i don't like that idea okay freaks me out yeah are you snobby about any of your beverages I used to be. Yeah, like I mean, tea, obviously. I, I used to be very snobby about tea, and I kind of just stopped putting in the effort. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think I can still appreciate nice tea that's yeah. not 10 cent black tea bags yeah. from HEB. Sure. Um, but I just don't practice it. Mm-hmm. Um, I never got snobby about coffee. Okay. Um, like, I'll, I like going to a nice coffee shop and yeah. getting a, like, a, nicely made espresso yeah. something espresso or other. beverages are my least favorite type of coffee though really yeah i i i get like a cappuccino like yeah. wherever if i ever go to a coffee shop i get a cappuccino like that's my my go-to i just like them yeah but i don't i'm not a connoisseur of it in the sense that like i know what's going on mm-hmm. right i can't make I, I don't make them myself yeah. when i prepare coffee at home i just use a i just aeropress because it's it's cheap, efficient it's and cheap good, and yeah. Convenient and easy, and and it makes a good cup of coffee. Yeah, and like, and for someone who isn't snobby about it, like it's good enough for someone who can't tell. Yeah. And you can make really good coffee with an AeroPress too. Yes, if you are very snobby, but yeah. Well, um, I, see, I, when I'm snobby about coffee, it's because I like the way, like I like that I can make different f- tasting coffee mm-hmm. by making it differently. That's really cool to me. Yeah, yeah, and that's different from tea where. It seems like with tea, you're striving for an ideal, mm-hmm. whereas coffee, you can interpret you can around. coffee yeah. in different yeah. ways. But like, like if you have a very specific kind of pu'er tea, like there's a, an exactly right way you have to, to make, make it, it that way to get the exact right thing, or else it's worse. Yes, right. Yeah, the coffee has a little, a little more playfulness. Yeah, different kinds of snobbishness. Mm-hmm. Um, I never got snobby about alcohol. Yeah. Probably because I just don't drink it enough. Yeah. Uh, if I had a bunch of money to regularly spend on alcohol, I'm sure I would get very snobby. Yeah. Like, I would I would really be the kind of person who would have a lot of opinions about scotch. Yeah. Uh, my mother has a lot of opinions about scotch. Yeah. She drinks scotch like I, and I likes them. Probably drink a very specific kind of scotch. Yeah. And I'd be able to tell you about all its peatiness. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, don't, I don't really like the peaty scotches. It tastes like grass. <laughs> I don't know if I do. It tastes like, like grass. I've, I've drank scotch, yeah. and I think it's good. Yeah. But I I don't 
consume it enough to be able to discern differences. Yeah, I'm I scotch is fine. Like mm-hmm. I don't appreciate it enough to like drink someone else's scotch. I feel bad. <laughs> I'm like I will drink your scotch, but I'm not going to enjoy it as much as you are. Right. Yeah, like I I have a friend uh, back in Massachusetts who's like really into alcohol, mm-hmm. and whenever we'd hang out, he'd be like, "You got to try this. Like, let me pour you some <laughs> different things." And he would like try to share with me and yeah. show me these different some different scotches mm-hmm. and gins and bourbon and blah blah blah. I'd be like, "Yeah, these are all great. Yeah, they're great. Cool." I went to speaking of alcohol, I went to uh, for a coworker's birthday party. I went to a place called Russian House, mm-hmm. which is uh, down on Fifth Street. Okay, uh, and I don't go down down much. Mm-hmm. But uh, their claim to fame is they have something, they have over a hundred different house infused vodkas. Wow. Uh, so they've got hmm. like all their normal alcohols and, and it's it's a Russian restaurant. So they have like lots of Russian food. And yeah. I had a, had a really good uh, borscht mm. when I was there mm-hmm. and uh, I got some beef tongue, which I'd never had before and was very excited to try. Was it good? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's served cold and in very thin slices. Okay. Um, but like, I like for the first time I understood why someone might get a tongue sandwich. I was like, oh, like this would be a sandwich meat. Like it's it's in that realm of like a bologna huh. or um, not really like a corned beef or a pastrami, but like sort of that kind of processed meat you're going to get. It's not processed, it's just sliced tongue. Right. But, and that's just the texture of a tongue. Yeah. Hmm. Um, that was really good. I would try that. Yeah. But I had a number, I had a few different other infused vodkas. Um, I picked the weirder flavors just to make the people who are around me like go, ah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get like honey or like berry. And I'm like, cool, I'm going to get pepper. I'm going to get pepper infused vodka. Ooh. It was good. Honey sounds good. The honey, I'm sure, is fine. Yeah. But you got to uh, you know, be adventurous. Yeah. So the pepper infused vodka was weird. Like good. Like really good. But it was it was peppery and spicy. Like black peppercorn? Like black peppercorn. Wow. Um, and I was like, wow, this, this, like I enjoyed it. Like, but it's not like, and people were like, I'm going to do a shot. I'm like, cool. I'm going to sip this really good. <laughs> yeah. like, like, it was... Be careful. <laughs> well, I I drank too much that night. Like, I'm not going to yeah. lie. But I was taking a ride share, so I didn't drink and drive. Cool. Because I'm smart. You're welcome, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I I had one or two shots too many. But, uh, well, because they also, like, in addition to, like, the bread they bring you, they bring a shot for everybody at the table. Nice. A vodka. It's apparently a Russian thing. Well, they brought too many, so I had like two or three of those. Because <laughs> that was their like standard bottom shelf vodka, vodka. Right. Which is what they also use for their infused vodkas. So you're not starting with like the great vodka. You're starting with like mediocre vodka, but we're putting weird things in it. Yeah. Table uh, vodka. Yeah. The other one I got was called Texas. Oh, that sounds not promising. It was not good. Uh, I don't know what was in it. It's not like barbecue, is it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was meat in the infusion, like Ugh. a jerky or something. Ugh. It was a smoky yellow color. And there was just a there was like a layer of grit at the bottom of my shot glass. Oh, none of this sounds good. It was not good. I would not recommend it. Uh, and and the waiter was like, don't don't get that. I'm like, no, I'm going to get it. I'm really? going to get it. He's like, it's not very good. I'm like, I'm going to get it. It's like, okay, you're going to get it. And I drank it and it was not not nearly as good as the pepper. Like the pepper I enjoyed and it was an interesting like flavor and experience. Mm-hmm. But the Texas was bad. Don't don't do it. Thanks. Um I like I like that about vodka that you can infuse it. Mm-hmm. It's great that it can just adopt. One of the things I've wanted to do uh since I was in college and was more likely to do this and didn't do it then um was inf- do skittles. Yeah. 
that's like um, classic college. Yeah, like you, thing. you color, you set up, separate the colors, and put them each into a different jar, and you have red and blue and green and yellow. Mm-hmm. I never uh, did that though. I've I've done uh, homemade vanilla extracts. Really? With vodka? Yeah. Like in the vodka? Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's I mean, because that's all it is. It's yeah. It's alcohol and yeah. used vanilla beans. So that's yeah, you you gotta buy a pack of vanilla beans. Yeah. And a cheap vodka. Put it in a and wait glass jar and yeah, infused it for a couple months. Yeah. And then you that's have cool. Got vanilla extract, and it's way more cost effective than buying yeah. vanilla extracts in tiny bottles at the store because you can. Well, we buy the real stuff too. Like we don't buy the fake vanilla extracts. So yeah, we gotta. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you can get a get a nice big glass jar of vanilla extract with just some cheap vodka and yeah. vanilla beans. That's cool. It's good. Yeah, wouldn't want to just drink it though. No, that'd be a weird flavor. I do uh, like vanilla vodka and Dr Pepper. Like that's mm. a that's a real nice flavor mix. Yeah. Like if I'm making a, a cocktail. That does sound good. Yeah. Um, trying to think of things I might be snobby about. He said, looking at his bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I am snobby about bikes. Yeah. I'm not rich enough to be to to act out my potential snobbiness. Sure. Right. Like I'm snobby about the bike I have, but my bike is an entry level bike. Yeah. If I had $10,000 to spend on a bike, like, I would do it. Yeah. Right? Like, I would snob out and get a, some, you know, custom-made carbon mm-hmm. frame and the, all the right components. And you know yeah. what I mean? I would go all out. Um, I'm, I'm more of just, like, a general snob mm-hmm. than snobby than about snob. any specific things. <laughs> Like when I when I need to buy a thing yeah. for my home, you're gonna go buy the nice one. Yeah, like I try to research and at least not necessarily buy like the best or most expensive one, but yeah. buy something that. Uh, how do I phrase this? Something that conforms to my set of tastes. Okay. Right. Like I have a nice cutting like board. Your, like your uh, kettle. <clears throat> like. The kettle I wanted to buy. <laughs> like my, like I have a nice cutting board. Yeah. I don't care about cutting boards, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not enthusiastic or knowledgeable about cutting boards. Yeah. But when I needed a cutting board, I made sure I got a good one. Mm-hmm. One that. It looks nice. Yeah. Like one that isn't ugly and yeah. does, has the right performance characteristics of a cutting board. Yeah. I'm not just like, oh, I'll just go to Target and buy we'll whatever buy cutting, a board. I, cutting I, board. I can't, I yeah. can't do that. I can't just go somewhere and buy a thing. Yeah. I have to. No, I'm you gotta, buying you the right be one. Prepared. I'm like that about certain things, like uh-huh. like kitchen stuff. Like I got, I'm particular about my kitchen stuff. I want to get a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to get you know the nice one, the right one. Um, often, like I just use the America's Test Kitchen and say, okay, what what should I buy? Because they've put the work in. Right. It's great to have those stand-ins. Yeah. Uh, like those expert stand-ins to do the research. Like for that's you. how I decided which food processor I wanted. That's yeah. how I decided which uh, kettle to get. Yeah. So those were easy decisions. A little bit like the wire cutter and sweet home websites too. They mm-hmm. do a little bit of that. Yeah, I don't I don't go to those, but I know they exist. Yeah. Do you remember when like do you when you knew what you wanted for Christmas? When yeah. you were, when you were a kid? Yeah. Nintendo sixty four. Ooh. I was about, I didn't get one the first year. I didn't get a sixty four until the next year. Yeah? Yeah. I got one my parents were not big on video games. Yeah. 
We got a we got an N sixty four a couple of years after. Yeah. It was it was it was, it was, it was the next year after they were out. They were still the only like yeah. they were what I wanted. It was still that generation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears> I was real <throat> happy with that one. Um, so in like starting about college, really when the time Amazon created Amazon wish lists, mm-hmm. uh, my family started the like totally not holiday spirited at all. <laughs> just have a wish list. Yeah. Because before that, my mom would say, okay, what do you want? And, like, give me a list. Uh-huh. And so we would have to, like, come up with things and right. do this. But now that we have Amazon wish lists, like, I just put things on my wish list when I want them. As, as they occur. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so my parents, like, birthday and Christmas come along and mom goes and buys me something off my wish list. And yeah. it's it's not, like, always surprising, but I always get a thing I want. That's pretty cool. Like, that's that's good enough. Yeah. And she still goes out of her way to, like, find new things that I didn't put on my wish list and give them to me, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, like, a number of times drop, like, hey, this would make a great gift. <laughs> uh, I mean, the the one example that comes to mind from a few years ago was uh, the entire Columbo box set came out on DVD. Or was out. And it was, like, on Super Sale on Black Friday. Uh-huh. And I tweeted, knowing my mother reads all my tweets... Wow, the Columbo set is on a great sale. What a great gift idea that would make. Like, not subtle about it. Because somehow that's better than just texting your mom and being like, hey, this is a good idea for my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. And so like, I got it for Christmas. And I was very excited. I have it. I'm very happy to have it. Because yeah. I still like owning DVDs because I'm a Neanderthal. Sure. And uh, so I'm, I'm like, I'm super glad to have that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, or this, you know, this year on Black Friday, um, I'm, I collect penny arcade pins. Okay. Um, I don't know if I've told you about these or if you know about them. Is this like pins you get at They're like the enamel, enamel pins I get at PAX. Okay. And other places. There's other ways you can get them. Um, Is this like the Disney pin thing? It's literally ripped off from the Disney pin thing. Okay. Um, so here's, here's some. Those are some ones I got not too long ago. And they're like characters and people and related to the comic. Nice. And some of them are just from like third party companies make them. And you can wear them at packs and mm-hmm. trade them you with people. Wear them people and trade and... them. And like I'm just, it's, I've been a collector my whole life and this is the current thing I'm like fascinated with collecting. Okay. And cool. have been for a few years. And they're kind of pricey, but there's a lot of rare ones. Um, uh, Penny Arcade has had a number of Kickstarters where at a certain level you get an exclusive pin. Mm. And I've definitely been like, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> right, like I could chip in 20 bucks or I could chip in 40 bucks and get that cool pin. Yeah. yeah. And and like when they say exclusive, they mean it. Like the first one they did was for, they did a podcast called DLC. And there was a DLC level pin. Like you gave a certain amount, you got a pin. Um, and they are the rarest pin. Like one went on eBay a few months ago and got over a thousand dollars. What? Yeah. Do you have it? No. Oh. I wish. I wasn't collecting then. So like I've had like when Penny Arcade started, I didn't have the money to buy them because sure. they're they're pricey. They're you know right. Uh, individual pins about fifteen bucks. A pack of four is often thirty, depending on on the the exclusivity and things like that. Right. And they're nice. They're super well made. And they're they're purely just collectibles, and I don't want all of them. Like I'm not. My goal is not to have all of the pins, one of everyone. This like, isn't Pokemon. No, like there are certain categories that I want. Like I want all the cat pins. There's a bunch that look like uh, use the cat Kemper, who is a minor character in the comics, and I would like I would love to have all of the Kemper pins. Like that would okay. be a thing I would want someday. Um, but I don't need 
all of them. I don't need all the super rare ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there is a project, like if they're doing a Kickstarter and there is an exclusive pen, it's a thing I would like the Kickstarter for already. I'm like, oh yeah, I need that pen. Because <laughs> I like the thing and being able to have a pen for the thing I like is also really cool. Right. Um, but so they, uh, one of the big things is pin trading. And at the expos, you can trade with Mike and Jerry, who are the guys who created Penny Arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, and they always have an exclusive pen you can only get from trading with them. Okay. Which is cool. Um, Why would they want any pin that someone would have to give to them? They don't. But they like the idea of trading and it creates... So they, they're both like socially anxious people. They're both shy nerds who ended up being famous on the internet. Right. Um, and the pins have given them a codified way to interact with fans. It's not, And you can interact with them out doing this, but it's mm. a really cool thing is you can go up and say, hey, Jerry, can I trade a pin with you? And he has, like, if he's wearing the, the lanyard, like the, the pin trading lanyard that yeah. everyone gets, if he's wearing it, like, that is the sign to say, it is okay to approach me yeah. and talk to me. And so you can do a pin trade, and you can have a short conversation, and then and it ends. And so it's a, it's a codified social interaction. I love, I love that nerds invent, like, introverted <laughs> nerds create, like, social interaction mechanisms uh-huh. that gives them a gives them boundaries yeah for the interactions that they can have J- as an excuse to have any interaction mm-hmm. and so like every, so the last two packs is like i've made a point of like finding mike and jerry on the floor or at a signing or something and talking to him and trading a pin while we were going yeah because you don't have to just walk up and be like hey big fan yeah yeah it's like a thing and it's like a moment um and it's really fun and, and so they have these ex- the exclusive pin that is Often a variant on who their character is in the comic, okay, because uh, the main characters are very loosely based on who they are in real life, okay. Um, and so like, I always try and get those. And there's staff pins that are exclusive from the various Penny Arcade staff members, um, and so they end up with a bunch of pins that have been traded to them, uh, both to the main guys as well as the whole staff that gets all of them from other people trading to get the exclusive staff pins. Mm-hmm. And so they end up with thousands of pins. Yeah. And so often once a year, sometimes more often, um, they will sell a bunch of what they call double secret boxes, Hmm. which are basically a little cardboard box with two random pins in it that they have that they have. Yeah. Um, And so you can buy them and it's just it's a it's a luck of the draw. Huh, that's pretty and cool. so on Black Friday, they went on sale. And I knew they were going to. Like, it was pretty well known. That it was like, at oh, 2 o'clock, you know, uh, Pacific time, these are going to go on sale. And so they went on sale. And I usually sell it pretty quick. And so I was like, hey, Mom, if you want to buy me a thing for my birthday or for Christmas, <laughs> right now go to this website. And I texted her the website. Nice. And buy one or two of these. Nice. Uh, and then so, you know, I'll get some random pins. Um, which are good because, A, it gives me more pins to trade with other people. Right. So, like, if there's one I don't like, it's like, oh, somebody will want this and I can trade it. Or give it to Mike or Jerry and they don't care what pin I give them and it'll just complete the cycle. <laughs> so, the, will they trade any for anything? Yeah. Any pin they'll take. They don't really care. Nice. Um, that, which, me, which means the pins that, the set of pins that are available for them to sell back are probably people least yeah, I'm pins? I'm sure they throw some exclusive ones in there occasionally. Yeah, like I, okay. I have a feeling they do. I don't know that. Yeah. Um, but like two in the set that I, I got most recently from a double secret box were from like PAX Australia. I'm like, I'm not gonna go to PAX Australia. Oh nice. But I, it's cool that I have a couple Australia pens now. But someone who had been and was mm-hmm. at the same conferences, yeah. Yeah, and was probably at PAX Australia. 
Right. It was like, hey, here's a here's one of the local pins, and they got the Gabe or Tyco exclusive. That's cool. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But I've never gotten a double secret box and not been happy with what I got. So okay. Huh. I don't collect anything anymore. Yeah. What else do you collect? DVDs and books. Do you consider that a collection? Mm-hmm. Like you, you you own them for the purpose of them being a collection, not as just as like yeah. things you own. Yeah. Um, to a certain extent, less so than I would say for the pins. Right. Because um, those are those I own exclusively to collect them. So that's all they can't. You're not like wearing them as accessories. Yeah. On your clothes. Sometimes. Yeah, outside of packs. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do. I do like when I'm putting on a lanyard at packs. Like I decide which pins are going to go on there. Oh right. Yeah. You have to yeah. curate your. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, which is a whole other thing. But um, what else? Like DVDs were more of a collection in the past. Mm-hmm. I've said I'm kind of thinking about like condensing my collection. Oh yeah, I gotta get rid of some stuff. Probably, what I'd be more like most likely to do would be buy those binders that you can put DVDs and cover sheets in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just get rid of all the boxes. Save tons of space. Save tons of space. Because uh, they've got there's there's DVD binders. I've been looking at a couple of them. There's ones that hold like 400 discs and 92 sleeves. Uh, so that covers most of your double disc stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know I, it would balance out because I've got a lot of stuff with like six discs, so I don't need all the sleeves. Sure. And so, um, and so I've looked at those, and those are like 30 bucks. Which is a pretty cheap investment. Yeah. Um, so I would condense them down, but I would still keep the media. Right. Um, and I'm same with most of my books that I have. I want to keep. Right. Like, they're not books that I just have just because I have them. They're because I want them. Right. It's less of a. If you're condensing all your DVDs into these like binders, mm-hmm. you're losing the display of them. Right? I am, and I know that. Um, which is interesting because a part of the reason why I kept it is like, oh, I have this display. Like someone can walk into my apartment and see yeah. all the cool DVDs I have. Right. But the luster of that has worn off a little bit. Mm. Like, Maybe well, because it's an ancient, uh, outdated technology. That could be. It could be. <laughs> um, but also because like, eight people don't come over to my house very often, my apartment very often. Like that's that's rare. You're not you're not like using your house as a showcase. No. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm really collecting them like I've collected them for me. Right. Because I want them. And that doesn't, putting them in a binder doesn't limit your ability to enjoy the collection. And it would make me finally organize them. So there's that. It's true. And uh, nerds love organizing their collections. I I did it in grad school. Like in Ohio, I had them all organized. I had them all alphabetized. um, Just alphabetized. Like I didn't go, like I could have gone deeper than that. Honestly, if I, if I organize them now, it'll be Library of Congress. Seriously? (laughs) I'm real tempted. Oh my God. Um... (laughs) <laughs> yeah. like, i don't know that i would do that like i might just alphabetize them but part of me would really want a library of congress sort them i might if i had a movie collection i might sort them by year that's a nice by choice too date. yeah that's a nice choice like I, I love alphabetized things yeah i think chronologically might might might, might fit your feeling better right yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, then you can go director, or do you go genre? Like within chronological? Or, well, at all. Or, or just like, at all? just like... No, because that's not... I guess that's not how I... 
Maybe it is. I'm trying to think of how I think about the movies mm-hmm. that I would want to watch. Yeah. It actually would be title first and then maybe director, but mm-hmm. I don't know. When I decide on a movie to watch, I think title first. Like that's right. that's my default. So going off medical makes n- the most sense. I never sense. think like I want to watch a movie from the seventies. Yeah. Uh, but Library of Congress, I would do it because just those decisions because. have been made for me. Right. That isn't. You're just completely adopting someone else's. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And then. I get to have a card catalog <laughs> so I can look up things. Like a physical go, card catalog? I mean, I don't know if I'd go for the, but like something like that and go, okay, so if this is this, I if s- I want to watch this movie, where is that in the collection? I swear to God, if you take all your DVDs out of your cases, put them in binders, and then make a freaking card catalog for them, <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> but for books, I sort my books by alphabetical author's last name sure um i also have like an incredibly small collection yeah you've of books got right like now. 12 i have i have in the past had like yeah. a large library yeah um but you would have to get a really large amount of books to do library of congress oh amy and i have enough you yeah you certainly have enough we have enough that we could do library of congress with what we have now and that would be like a practical decision yes <laughs> um yeah, alph- alphabetical works for a, for normal mm-hmm. sized personal libraries. Yeah, you do not have a normal sized personal library. <laughs> no, I do not. I think the last thing I collected was baseball cards. Really? I, that was a long time ago. Yeah, like I collected baseball cards until fifth or sixth grade or something. Oh, that long ago! Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think there's been anything since. I had uh four or five thousand baseball cards wow yeah i had a pretty decent sized collection i would just like whenever like i got like an allowance from my parents mm-hmm. for doing chores or whatever yeah. and i didn't have anything to spend it on besides because yeah. your food and living right. arrangements were taken care of i was a child yeah uh so like whenever we go to the store or whatever just buy a couple packs of baseball cards that's cool and it turned into thousands of cards over the years wow um and oh my god i loved sorting them yeah how'd you sort them which whichever way i felt like that so you rearrange them yeah i would just i'd take it all my cards and then i'd just be like how do i want to arrange these this time and then you just because <laughs> that like for most most of the time that's the point of a collection is to like catalog them mm-hmm. to, to to actively be cataloging them because that yeah. lets you touch them and it lets you look at all of them and because you you don't do a thing with baseball cards no like they don't they don't do anything. It's not like yeah. it's not like collecting Pokemon cards where mm-hmm. you can play, you can a, play game a game with them, yeah. or even pins where you can put them on a lanyard and yeah. go somewhere. Yeah, they just sit in boxes or or, or yeah binders. True. Although speaking of collections, uh, there's a guy on Craigslist in Austin right now selling his entire Netrunner collection for basically a third of what they should cost. What's that? Uh, Netrunner. It's a it's a collectible card game oh okay it was it's not collectible in the sense that you don't there's not like random booster packs mm-hmm. you go and buy a, a pack of 60 cards and you know exactly what you're getting in that pack okay um because they're pre-published and you go oh i want the you know rising sun collection and so i go buy that and so i have the cards that i want to play the game cool but i've, I've played a little bit i have a base set but man it's real tempting to buy because he's got everything wow and i'm like it's 150 bucks i'm like i could i could do that how much should it be um over 300 wow 
probably closer to five. That's cool. Uh, he was selling for two, and he dropped the price, and I'm like, oh man. <laughs> I don't play it enough to justify it, though. You should tweet at your mom. Let her know about it. <laughs> this random guy <laughs> in Austin should come down and pick up these cards. Um, that was a that was a popular like Christmas and birthday gift for me for birthday cards for a while. Was yeah, or birthday cards, baseball, baseball cards. cards. Um, Did you like baseball? Oh yeah. Okay. I was a that was like my identity was liking baseball. Awesome. As a child. Um, comes with the territory of living in Massachusetts. You think a lot of baseball up there? You got you gotta love the Red Sox. Who now? <laughs> One of those baseball teams. Um I feel like I know that name from somewhere. Did they do something recently? No, actually. No? No. That was the Cubs. The Cubs won the World Series. Yeah, I don't care about them. Yeah. Um the yeah, so I had yeah a couple thousand. I think it was between four and five. That's pretty cool. And then uh, when I, I kind of like stopped caring about baseball yeah. at a certain point, and then I stopped caring about baseball cards. How much space does five thousand baseball cards take up? Not a lot. Yeah, because you, I I never had a I never had one universal storage system okay. for all of them. So most of them were just in boxes. Yeah, and you can you just stack them and line them up and mm-hmm. condense them all in boxes so yeah. you can fit. A bunch of hundreds space. in a yeah. small box. I did have some in binders, and you got like the special, yeah, like, the plastic, pages, the pages, and you slide each card in, and yeah. Um, so I kept my Pokemon cards when I had those. Exactly, but I probably I think I had like just a like a tote, yeah. in my closet full hmm. of all my cards. Yeah, I've collected things my whole life. Yeah, yeah, and you don't seem like uh like you're stopping anytime soon. No, no, but, like I don't. I don't feel the desire to collect anything. I yeah. Don't, I don't have a collection uh, anymore. Yeah, I did. Uh, speaking of that, I did the Strengths Finder. I don't know if you've ever done that. I did it in college. No. It's a one of the variety of personality quizzes you can do out there. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. This one's run by Gallup, so it's kind of fancy. <laughs> um, but they give you the top five things that you're really good at. Hmm. Um, and so mine were, like I had uh, Maximizer, Leader. These are not in order. Um, intellection analytic and input mm-hmm. um and input is like is typically means you're a collector of things mm. um, be it new experiences new ideas or physical like actual things oh, okay um yeah i've collected lots i collected movie scripts uh for as for a while as a teenager like that was paper scripts mm-hmm. nice i did that for a while i mean books i've always always had always had lots of books yeah still have lots of books i have a bunch of books in my parents garage right now that i'm sure they would like me to take and put somewhere I don't know if you got the space. No. <laughs> I did save my Animorph collection, as I think I mentioned previously. Yeah, we talked a lot about Animorphs. Yeah. Um, but I collected collected Pogs when Pogs were a big thing. I collected Pogs. I, have a, I had a small Pog collection. That was a, that I still was a have my Pogs in my apartment right See, now. like that makes you a real collector. Yeah. Like you collect a thing. <laughs> and then even if you're not into Pogs anymore, uh-huh. the way you're into these Penny yeah. Arcade pins, like... You still got them. Yeah. But like when I stopped caring about baseball cards, I just sold them done. all. Done. Just got rid of them all. I did sell all my Pokemon cards. Yeah. But I don't mind about that. I don't care about that. Yeah. I, I almost see books to not not be a collection in the sense that these other things are a collection. Because we have a different word for that. It's called a library. <laughs> it, it, it might just be that simple, yeah. but there's there seems to be something materially different from having a bunch of books and having mm-hmm. a bunch of pins. Yeah. Like. Is, is it because they have added value or u- utilization? Maybe. Maybe it, maybe it's... You be- can read a book? <laughs> maybe it, maybe it's because it's a content vessel. Yeah. 
and maybe I, I maybe that means you can like lump movies and TV shows mm-hmm. on DVDs into into that yeah. as well. But or albums, people collect albums. Yeah, yeah. Because you're not really doing like you collect pins for the sake of collecting pins. Yes, but you have a bunch of books in your house so that you can read them. Yes, sometimes. Sometimes I don't read all of them all the time. Yeah, but, um, I do have some collectible books that are like rare. Uh huh. Um, that I've gotten as gifts or things like that. Right. But yeah, like I have my I have my nice editions of Tolkien stuff. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't. Mm, I guess I. We've talked about my library desires. <laughs> Yeah, we don't need to get into that. Your super gross library designs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How would you sort through library? Library of Congress? Dewey Decimal? There's a... There's a... I would do Congress over Decimal. Okay. um, But there's a limit. Yeah. Where once you cross it, I would do that over just alphabetical. Yeah. I mean, up until... I guess the point where I would need an entire room for my books... That's the point. That's probably the point. <laughs> yeah. But if I just have like a bookshelf or two in an apartment. Yeah, you can do those by title. Yeah. Alphabetical by, author. Alpha, alphabetical by author. Yeah. And then alphabetical by title inside. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, once there's a room, give it its own system. I watched a uh, short video recently. I think I'm boing boing about how to sort a large number of books in a very quick period of time. Okay. Uh, it was it was a, it was a thought experiment like for educational purposes. It's like, okay, you're a library a librarian and uh, 12,000 books show up and you have to put them on the shelves by tomorrow morning. How do you organize them? How do you, how do you sort them hmm. in a reasonable amount of time? Maybe it was like a thousand, 2000, but sounds like a problem in my, in a computer programming class. Turns out it is. When <laughs> <laughs> um, they talk about like doing a bubble sort mm-hmm. and then a, uh, I'll call it fill, fill sort, filter mm-hmm. sort. Mm-hmm. Insert. I don't know, one of those words. I remember learning bubble sorts. Those were yeah. fun. Bubble sorts are nice, but super inefficient. Right. They're just understandable. Yeah. It's like I, I can conceptualize a bubble sort. Yeah. Um, the other one I think is called an insert sort. It's how I typically sort things where um, I start at A. And if, if you know, I look at the first two cards, let's say, or the first two books. And does this go before or after the one it's currently in? Mm-hmm. okay cool let's go to the third one where does that fit in this system does it go a b or c right so, yeah so you're taking from one pile and moving to another and inserting one at a time into the correct place. well no so, I, so i'm keeping them all so i'm not moving anything i don't have to move so if, if the first books are oh, yeah, a gotcha. b c but they're in order a c b i'll go a and c well that's in the right order so those are already fine mm-hmm. let's move on to the next one that's b well that goes in front of c but after a gotcha and so put it there yeah so you're inserting it into the list Mm-hmm. wherever it goes and so it becomes more sorted as you go through it yeah. by the time you get to the end of the cards or books you're or whatever you're sorting you're done yeah um, but still really inefficient and they talked about uh quick sort which is the most commonly used one in um a like computer science sort of thing mm-hmm. where you take a random book in the middle mm-hmm. uh, or close to the middle and then you sort all the books to one side or the other so you say, okay, do all the books go in front of this book or behind this book? And you put them all there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you take each of those two subgroups and do the same thing. Yep, yep, I remember this one. Um, so you, you just have, keep you keep having, and it. you keep having it um, until you get to a small enough group that a bubble sort or a filler sort will right or solve just it quickly. Looking at it for five yeah. seconds, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Hmm. So I've been thinking about that. I'm like, oh, I should organize my DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> Do a quick sort. Oh my god! In real life, I'm a I'm a nerd with a large DVD collection, and I have to sort them all. First, let me learn about sorting algorithms <laughs> so I can do it most efficiently. Yep. God, if that doesn't just encapsulate something. So it's a lot about me, that's for yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> change the subject. Yeah. Speaking of Black Friday things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you saw this already. I don't remember talking about it yet. Uh, did you see what Cards Against Humanity did for Black Friday? Yeah, the big holiday hole. Holiday hole. How much money did you give a holiday hole? Oh, nothing. Okay. No. I didn't either. Um, <laughs> did you think it was funny or stupid? It can be two things. Yeah, I thought it was funny and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> did they do anything with the hole afterwards? Uh, no. The, the website says like, updates coming okay so they might do something but i mean it was just give us money and we dig a hole and you can watch yeah. us dig the hole yeah i hate cards against humanity as a game mm-hmm. because a it's terrible and b it's a terrible game it's not really a, much of a game no it's it's a terrible game yeah in the sense that it's, it is terrible and also it's a bad game <laughs> right um and but i do appreciate some of the things that cards against humanity the company right has done yeah um often with their like black friday things or um like the year they gave everybody a bunch of poop right yeah you bought you you bought some bullcrap and yeah. then it turned out to actually be bullcrap yeah like that's that's yeah. funny or you can just you could have just given them money for nothing yeah and then and then they and then they went and bought cool stuff for themselves yeah i really liked that one yeah i uh, know the year they raised their prices on black friday yeah i remember that which was which was good they have i i don't really have opinions on the game i haven't really i've played it like once or twice and i just i, I don't care so yeah it's a thing that when you're buzzed and you do with some friends can be entertaining yeah, i'll send you i'll send you the article on it that, that moved me in from that camp and said no this is a bad camp it's actually an actively bad thing. yeah um <clears throat> but they they're very very skilled at doing things that make people that like really divide people into saying oh my gosh this is the funniest thing in the world mm-hmm. or, oh my gosh these people are assholes yeah they do a lot of that like that's fair taking a bunch of money from people to dig a big giant hole in the middle of nowhere yeah. makes a lot of people think you're an asshole yeah and it also makes a lot of people give you money yeah but nobody like they could have like, I don't blame them for that because people gave them the money. Exactly. Like, if if people are going to give them the money, they they had no hidden agenda. Right. Like, they could have set up that website and done everything and then yeah. nobody could have given them money. And they would have not dug any hole. Right. For like 10 minutes. Yeah. But, it, but it's, people gave them money to dig a hole. And they dug a hole. And I thought it was kind of fun yeah um it's it's just amazing to me that like their batting average baseball mm-hmm. reference, like their batting average at doing things that make people really want to talk about it and yeah. get controversial is a thousand like they like every Let's time see make a good game right but that's like the least interesting thing yeah. that company does yeah did you see the? i remember their uh their uh election special what did they do for the election? Uh, they, oh, they had yes. two packs of cards, a Hillary pack and a 
uh, Trump PAC. And I said, you know, we'll take yep. all your money. We'll count up who made more and then donated all to Hillary Clinton. <laughs> exactly. And that was that was a good yeah. was a good bit. Yeah, the and the, like the the writing that they do for their little gimmicks and stuff, mm-hmm. like that that line, like we take all your money, we'll give count it, it up, Hillary. and whoever gets more, we'll give all the money to Hillary. Yeah, like that's a good that's a good joke. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's a good joke. It's hilarious. Um, yeah, they're it's a re- really interesting, weird company. Yeah, but they don't do anything other than make Cards Against Humanity, and do these weird, these weird things, things that make them money. Yeah. Um, I would love to work for a company that did a gimmick and made a lot of money and then just gave me an equal share of it. I'd be okay with that. That sounds great. Yeah. Uh, they also do, like, one cool redeeming thing. They do, a, like, every year they do a full-ride scholarship for a, a women in a, going into a STEM oh, that's cool. field in, Good job. at a certain college or something. Still probably not going to give them any money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But big giant hole. Yeah. Oh, oh you know what my favorite thing about it was? What? I, so I, I follow a lot of the the employees on yeah. Twitter because they're really funny on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them set up a uh, I think it I, I'll put the I'll put it in the notes. I think the URL is like wholethick.tumblr.com, and it was a fan fiction Tumblr blog oh, uh, man. about the whole, mm-hmm. and anyone could submit to yeah. it, and it just turned into a lot of really weird sex fanfic yeah. about a big hole in the ground. Speaking of uh, weird sex fic, um, I've started following Chuck Tingle on Twitter. Uh, you know, you know Chuck Tingle, even if you don't know Chuck Tingle, mm-hmm. uh, because he's famous for a lot of um, great internet-ready erotic fiction, uh, things like Space Raptor Butt Invasion. And don't know that. Uh, you don't know that one. That's the one that was nominated for a Hugo. <laughs> Space Raptor Butt Invasion? Yes, was nominated for a Hugo. Um, there's a story behind that. Uh, his most famous work is probably Pounded in the Butt by My Own Butt. Uh, and they're, they're, you know, his, his work falls into kind of four categories. Uh, dinosaurs, Bigfoots, aliens, and inanimate objects coming to life. Uh, and... Chuck Tingle is this really interesting phenomenon, and I'm I'm sometimes conflicted about it. Uh, although I did just back his Kickstarter, it was, it was <laughs> his Kickstarter along with uh, Zoe Quinn. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, are, I think it was Zoe Quinn. Yeah, they're together making a uh, full motion video video game um, called Project Tingler, um, which is based on the works of Chuck Tingle that's not his real name right well so this is the thing um nobody knows nobody knows who actually who, like that identity of the real person yes well so and that and there's there's sort of a couple different ways of interpreting this um the original is that chuck tingle is a pseudonym that somebody made up to make these funny like joking erotic fiction like each one's like 20 pages long like they're not actual novels they're uh-huh. called, he calls them tinglers <laughs> um, 20 pages is pretty long yeah yeah um but they're they're silly and weird and all incredibly homoerotic like there are no women There's okay a bunch of hard buds getting together <laughs> with dinosaurs yeah um 
and uh, it's it's this sort of weirdly subversive fiction, mm-hmm. uh, and it it's sort of it's it's perfect for the internet, and a lot of people just think Chuck is a pseudonym and is a personality and is a construction, right? Um, and that is the most likely scenario. Right. Like, that's what I mostly think is happening. <laughs> um, but there's also this sort of other contention, which is that Chuck Tingle is a real person. And his son has granted interviews and done talks and sort of talks about, like, not like talks, but like talks about how, like, his father is, like, a real person and is hmm. um, schizophrenic and autistic. There's on the autism spectrum. Um, but uses humor and like knows that what he's doing is funny and is is has a really strong sense of humor and is sort of interesting. Huh. Um, but is also very shy and uses sort of these outlets to sort of like talk about you know himself and and interesting things that are going on. And there's this very elaborate backstory that's going on as well, and is and is pretty well documented. Hmm. Um. And and is more or less complete. Yeah. Um, and there's a sort of next level, which is, well, that's all a construction as well. Like that's all further a thing, um, which if the case is then gets kind of into a weird space because then does the joke become that like, oh, there's this schizophrenic guy who's on the autism spectrum, like doing these things and that then becomes uncomfortable again. Because then that's what you're making fun of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's in this really weird space, but I follow him on Twitter and I love him. I love him to death. And I, part of me doesn't care if it's all fake or if it's all real. Uh, because he just tweets about, like, filling the world with love and making people happy. <laughs> and it's all it's all in character or yeah. real or whatever. Um, hmm. But he got extra famous when his, his one of his tinglers got nominated for Best Short Story Hugo. Um, and I think I've talked to you about, about the Rabid Puppies yeah, uh, yeah. Which is a fan organization. That, I was aware of that. That tried to hijack the Hugo Awards and successfully hijacked the nomination process. Right. Um, two years in a row. Uh, we've now made some adjustments to the voting policy to lessen the impact of that happening in the future. Hmm. Um, I say we because I was a part of the the committee, not the, like the committee, but like the voting body and things like that. Like yeah. I weighed in because hey. I was a member of the World Science Fiction thing. You get to say we. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they nominated, among other things, Space Raptor Butt Invasion um, as as sort of like trying to be a middle finger to what they saw as like the super liberal elite taking over the world of science fiction and fantasy uh-huh. um, with their, you know, gender identities. And they're going to be like either they're going to have to vote for this stupid thing or they're going to have to not vote for it. Either way, we win because we're playing 11th dimensional chess. Mm. Um, but it kind of backfired because it drew Tingle's attention. And he consistently made fun of the rabid puppies for a very long time. Nice. Um, and did not win. But nobody expected him really to win. Because there, right. there was one short story that got nominated that wasn't from the puppy slate. And, and that one. And that one. And I think it was honestly the best short story of what was nominated. That wasn't hard because most of the stuff the puppies nominated was crap. Because that was like the point. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, it was called uh, Send Cat Pictures or Cat Pictures Please. It was good. It's a good short story. Um, but that's kind of how I got introduced to Chuck Tingle. Like I'd heard of like yeah, pounded in the butt by my own butt before. <laughs> I haven't. You haven't. Well, now you have. Um, there's also a a follow up book called I'm like trying to get this t- the name of this right. Uh, pounded in the butt by my book. Pounded in the butt by my own butt. <laughs> There's another follow-up, of course. <laughs> of course there is. Pounded in the butt by my book. Pounded in the butt by my book. Pounded in the butt by my own butt. <laughs> and there's a third one, but you can probably guess where the pattern is going now. Yeah. I might lose track. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised I managed to say both of those correctly. <laughs> as far as I did. Uh, and like I've not read any of them. I've read Space Raptor Butt Invasion because it was nominated for the Hugo. And uh-huh. so I read it. And it was fine. Yeah. I mean, it was about two astronauts in space, and one of them is a raptor. Cool. Um, and they meet, like, the raptor's from a different universe, because there's multiple universes, and he comes to our universe. Right, right, I figured. Where then he, you know, and this other astronaut fall in love and have some space sex. And they do some butt invasion? Yeah. Yeah. It's a story of love and happiness. Hey, I'm on board with, like... Exploring each other's bodies. Like, the space raptor part? Yeah. <laughs> great for that yeah like i bet i bet there's something in that story for me there's very little space (laughs) oh okay (laughs) how much raptor a lot of raptor (laughs) i can send you my copy i'm not supposed to because it's a hugo Facted thing but uh Uh, i'll let you read it if you want it's probably okay okay probably not for me okay (laughs) i do love the title space raptor butt invasion yeah Uh, but i really like i like chuck tingle and he makes me happy um, and I backed I backed the Kickstarter, which was called uh, Project Tingler. And when I backed it, I forgot that I had my Facebook attached to it, so all my Facebook <laughs> friends could see things, including my mother, who texted me like minutes later. Oh my god! Because she got an email that said Kevin has backed Project <laughs> Tingler, which has things like unicorn cops. In uh, very scanty, scantily clad, you know, mm-hmm. uniform cop mm-hmm. outfits, yeah, um, and living buses that people fall in love with. Oh no! Oh no! Uh, and the video game, like you'll get to play because they're giving it away for free. Hmm. Like that's part of it is they're they're giving the game away for everybody for free. But if you back, you get early access and help make it exist. Is that what Zoe Quinn is doing? Because she's a game developer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. She was she. Was it Zoe Quinn who was Ground Zero for Gamergate? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which kind of I don't know if they were related, but was like the Rabbit Puppies was very much like uh, yeah. of the same. Yes, the Rabbit Puppies case. actually tried to hitch their wagon to Gamergate because it was way more successful um, and had successful uh, successful, and they elected the latest president. <laughs> <laughs>